listening to The Potato Podcast, presented by Columbia Media Group. You can listen to past episodes on thepotatopodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. If you enjoy the episode, be sure to give us a like and leave a review. This podcast is brought to you by Miller Chemical, a Huber company. They have a complete line of adjuvants, specialty nutrition, and crop protection aids. For more information, visit www.millerchemical.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Potato Podcast once again. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dave Alexander, and I am with Potato Country Magazine. And today's episode is called Automation and Autonomy. And we'll get into that here in a minute. But uh, first, I want to thank our sponsor, Miller Chemical. We appreciate you. Today, we are talking with Byron Duffin. Byron is the brand president for Double L Global. Double L builds potato planters, harvesters, bulk beds, pilers, and a whole host of equipment. Thanks for joining us, Byron. We appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me, Dave. Absolutely. So this is a relatively new position for you at uh, Double L, right? Yeah. um, Actually, I joined Double L, the Double L Group, in July of 2021. Uh, but not new to the industry. Uh, obviously, I, I grew up on a potato farm in southeast Idaho. I uh, have spent the last 30 years uh, in sales and marketing. And the majority of that time has been spent in the potato equipment industry. But uh, um, I was promoted to brand president with Double L in October uh, of 2021. Okay, so um, you've been in the industry a long time, and things, you know, for years were the same and just carried on normally everybody just bought the same stuff basically um had their different brands that they liked obviously but things are are sure changing in the last few years and and that's what we want to talk about where do you see the industry headed in the next few years especially in regards to automation well, that's a that's a good question, and and it's and it's been very interesting because we've seen the big changes we've seen in the potato equipment uh, over the over the course of the past decade or so has just been bigger, right? More volume, uh, um, you know, picking up more rows of potatoes with with you know six row the the advent of the six row windrowers, the uh, um, high volume harvesters, and the capacity to be able to harvest a crop quicker and get it into storage quicker because our our we're at the mercy of weather in the especially in the in the northwest and the and the midwest you know what we've got short harvest scenarios and so um that's that's been the big advent and and the big uh push in the last few years and then there's been you know uh, uh dirt elimination and separation for dirt and rocks uh, through through uh, air separation and whatnot, so there there's been a lot of, of of unique changes in the industry. But the big change has also been the cost, right? So the challenges that we're faced with today is is just the cost, the sheer cost of the of the equipment, new equipment, the, our input costs, especially in the last year, and, and what yes. we're looking at for 2022, right? Yeah. Um, big big input cost 
uh, increases in our input costs for the for the farmers, as well as for, for us, a manufacturer. You know, labor labor is an issue, a major issue for us. And so, what what everyone's looking at is how do we get it done with less labor and and uh, less challenges. And and so, you know, with with automation and whatnot, I I honestly believe that we'll see some changes and some new ideas come about uh, just from the sheer necessity of the big push nowadays, the carbon Im- Im- uh, uh, impact that, that the, the farm's having on, on our environment. Um, you know, they're pushing us to, to clean, clean those things up. So, uh, you know, obviously there's some new technology going to be, be coming around and through electrification possibly in the fields. Obviously our manufacturers on the tractor side of things, the power units in the field and the autonomy that's coming down the pike with some of those manufacturers is very, very unique and interesting. So I see some big changes coming. So let's, um, let's visit a little bit more about that, uh, the green ethics or sustainability, if, if you will. Um, so you're moving away from diesel operated equipment and more into electrification, right? Just like, like we are foreseeing with all of our automobiles and even trucks that we drive. Yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be a huge challenge for us in the ag sector just from the sheer magnitude of, of that challenge, right? I, I don't see that it's it's going to go away completely. Um, uh, I was fortunate enough uh, this oh, two or three weeks ago to have spent 10 days with the uh, potato industry leadership uh, group in we, we visited California. Um, we got to go to the uh, port of Long Beach and then visited some farms in California. And it was interesting to me that 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 those conversations came up a lot. Um, and and then we went on out to Washington D.C. and that's a major focus is the carbon uh, credits and the carbon footprint that that we're leaving on this uh, on, on the environment and and what their concerns are. I don't know that all the answers. Dave, but the, the challenge is how do you eliminate diesel tractors? I think it's going to be tough. I'm not saying it's not possible, but um, it's and, not going to happen it, tomorrow. It requires, yeah, yeah, it requires it requires diesel power or some way to, to charge batteries and to, to run that electrification. And, and I see that, I mean, we're having those conversations in our industry as a manufacturer where we can go with that. We are implementing it on some other equipment that is not ag-related that we own another company called Kodiak. Uh, it's a snowblower, uh, big commercial snowblowers, but we we're looking at all those things because sustainability is the big, big issue, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and like you said, it's only going to get, it's only going to increase and we're going to veer off topic a little bit here, but you mentioned the, the port of long beach and we're sitting here at the end of March, 2022 and shipping has been an ongoing problem for growers for years it seems to me but obviously it's ramped up recently what did you find there what did you see at at the port of long beach well so we were at the long beach uh container terminal which is the the uh, to my knowledge i think it's the only fully automated because we're talking about autonomy right it's the the only fully automated container terminal in the country and it was very impressive with with what we we were able to see there uh it, and it's been a long project right they've been over i think 12 12 years 
from inception to where they're at today, and it's continuing growing and improving. Uh, they didn't reduce their labor costs by much because it takes a lot more people to maintain. But but the the the, the carbon footprint that they're that they were exposing is changed drastically with this technology. Everything's automated and computerized, and even their vehicles that move the containers around once they're unloaded off the ship to to go into the stackyard uh, are all on automated vehicles that are battery powered. And so when no drivers, smart cars, right? Mm-hmm. No drivers, no drivers. And, and they're all computerized and, and it's all, uh, it was an amazing facility and what they're able to accomplish. And those cars, those trucks, if you will, are, are so smart that they know when the battery gets low, they go plug themselves back in to charge back up yeah. so that they can continually run and, and in the most efficient way. And they're constantly learning. So there's this AI that's, that's programmed into these the, the the big cranes that unload the ships and the and the uh, process management that they manage and stack those containers to be the most efficient. It's they're constantly learning and moving stuff around. So it's pretty impressive. It's very impressive. You talked uh, about the autonomous trucks there, and I know there are autonomous weeders out now that basically you just. Uh, program them once to where the field is and and off they go what other autonomy is coming to the farms in the future you know i i I can't honestly answer all that i'm sure there's an awful lot you know our the the big manufacturers the big tractor manufacturers um uh the major brands are all working on autonomy but i I has one john deere has just john deere has just released uh uh, at least a press release. I don't know if they actually have a product out there, but John Deere is, does have an automated tractor coming. Yeah, and they they actually saw one in Germany at the at the uh, Agritechnica two years ago, uh, which which was very impressive, and saw some video on that. And and it, they've been working on this technology for years. So there there are there are many things that that uh, we're actually working on in our company without guys like. Uh, Elon Musk, we wouldn't even, you know, be able to scratch the surface. But, you know, 10 years ago, they started on on a lot of these uh, battery-powered vehicles and, and the autonomy and whatnot. And so there's been some a lot of legwork done for, for everyone. And I'm sure it will get to the point where, where you know, that technology will be available uh, in, in a lot of aspects of the ag industry. It's just, and it's common. It's, it's going to happen just because the labor issue that's another uh, big conversation that we had in washington dc with the potato industry is the uh the the challenge of the h2a program and the lack of of the physical labor that is required to plant raise and harvest a crop of potatoes not just potatoes but other ag products you know from from the nut industry all the way to you know fresh vegetables and produce so uh we're all faced with that challenge the entire ag industry Right, and it's been ongoing for years. It's so you know, from my perspective, it's exciting to see some solutions coming. Maybe not available right today, but they are coming. Yeah, down down the line, even for us as a manufacturer, we we are currently installing robotics and cobotic welding equipment that uh, that obviously still needs human uh, interaction and and maintenance, but. Uh, uh, once those once those projects are or those that equipment is put into place, we'll be able to manufacture 
our, you know, a lot of our spare parts and, and, and a lot of our main manufacturing with those robotics and cobotic welding machines. And dare I say better quality too. <laughs> right? Yeah, absolutely. Better quality and consistent, right? They don't call in sick. They don't need a weekend off. Yep. We can run those 24 hours a day. So. Right, exactly. So what... Uh, what is Double L working on right now? And I, I know you, you've got um, you've got a new harvester out, right? Tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. We introduced the new harvester, um, uh, the seventy forty model seventy forty, which we dubbed the legend. Um, you know, Double L was was uh, initially the one of the first, if not the first, uh, and and I'd have to go back and double check my me on. Uh, I'd have to double check myself on this, but pretty. Pretty sure we were one of the first four-row harvesters built in the country, um, uh, but we hadn't changed a lot. We added a new model, the 7340, uh, in 2018, which is uh, our, our big high-capacity machine. But it was kind of big and bulky, and when we had a lot of, of uh, comments and feedback from our customer base that said, "Look, we're looking for a, a little simpler, uh, smaller version of that with some higher volume," so we actually combined our, our 973. Harvester and the 7340, the, the, the best of both machines, um, simplified it a little bit, but we've got a, a, a high-volume machine that's got a little better price point than the 7340 did, and uh, uh, we introduced that machine at the Eastern Idaho Ag Expo in Pocatello in January. We took it up to, to Washington and showed it off there, and then we also took it out to North Dakota to the uh, International Crop Expo. Uh, it's, it's had great reviews, um, a lot of really good interest, but you know, like everything else, everybody wants to see one go in the field before they're ready to pull the trigger and write the big check. And, and, and we've got other issues that, that, that impact, uh, business decisions today, like weather and water, you know, Southeast Idaho, we're, we're in a dire straits in the water situation. So, um, uh, but it's still been good. It's been very well received, and, and we're excited about uh, the possibilities on this harvester. So you you said it combined uh, the best features of two different models, and, and it's dubbed the legend. What's different about it than what you've been producing? So it's a it's a as far as a high volume or high capacity machine. It is this machine comes in considerably lighter weight wise than the seventy three forty. Uh, it has a 48-inch rear cross, 48-inch side elevator, 60-inch dirt table, which is hydraulically driven, and it can be opened and closed and reversed all from inside the cab. A full swing, 48-inch full swing boom. Just a, a lot of good features, but it's simple, right? It's not a, it's not overly complicated. We we operate this with a with the joystick control inside the cab, but as well as a a uh, monitor that is an Android tablet, right? That, that if for some reason it goes out or breaks down on you, you can go to Best Buy and purchase another one for $240. Wow. So provided the supply chain didn't empty out, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you might be able to go to Best Buy and find one. So There you go. Yeah. Okay. So what um, what other things are you working on for the future? Um, some more electrification, right? Yeah, we, we're, we're looking at the option of trying to figure out some of that stuff for the future. Once again, it, it, it's a challenge, right? Because you've got to figure out how to provide the power for the electrical that you, that you are putting. So if it's in the field, it's either got to come from, a, from, from the diesel power on the tractor or batteries of some sort, and you, you've got to be able to keep those batteries charged. 
we don't know what that looks like, to be real honest with you, Dave. It is a conversation we are having okay. with our engineering. We're working on a lot of different projects at the moment. Uh, we just have to, uh, you know, because Double L is under new ownership and new management, um, we, we've been faced with some challenges that, uh, you know, we've, we've had to fix and, and change and clean up, if you will, uh, over the course of the last year. And, and we, we're, we're still working on some of those things. And then with the uh, uh, purchase of Kodiak, and now we've merged two companies and actually changed the whole, the whole look and dynamics of the parent company. It's now Snake River uh, Holdings is the parent company. And, and as brand president of Double L, I'm not over manufacturing, which is okay with me since I, I have uh, lots of experience in the manufacturing side of, of the potato industry as well. But uh, so my responsibilities have been for just the brand of Double L, but we also have the brand of Kodiak, and then we are custom manufacturing for some other companies as well. So we, we've got a lot of things going on, and 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 so um, to give you any real specifics at this point, I'm, I'm really not at liberty to say, but we are working on stuff because we know how important uh, you know sustainability is in in our industry and and changes that need to be made. And and I and I saw that more, more. I'm more aware of it today than I was even just a few, a couple months ago, just because of the time I spent in Washington D.C. with the National Potato Council, and uh, and what I learned out there. So, but excited for the future, future of Double L and the future of the potato industry. Well, and that let's talk about that that trip to the East uh, a little bit. That is the annual visit Washington trip and. Uh, I, uh, the name escapes me right now. Is it the Washington yeah, they Summit? Yeah, it's called the, the, the NPC fly-in. Yeah. In, 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 I think it's so, called the Washington yeah. Summit now. But so Yes, yeah. Was yeah, that your first right. time doing that? It was. And, and actually, I, I was fortunate enough to, to uh, participate with the, the Peely program, which is the Potato Industry Leadership Institute, which is typically reserved, not really reserved, but attended by – young guys in the industry and I'm kind of, I'm the old, I was the old man, maybe one of the oldest that's ever gone through that program at 61 years old, but uh, never too old to teach a, an old dog new tricks. Right. And, and so what a great experience. And, and uh, you know, if, if I could give advice to any, any young grower in the potato industry, get involved, get involved. And even, even older guys get involved in the industry. The, the, the national potato council is our legislative uh, part of this industry and they work so hard. That office is constantly working on issues that affect us on a daily basis, whether, whether you're a, a producer or a, a, a manufacturer or a processor, doesn't matter which side of the industry you're on. It is vital to be involved in the political side of this industry for our success. And we need, we need people to be involved. And so, you know, we were, we were fortunate. I was fortunate enough to, to spend uh, some time back there and they, they spent a lot of time training us and teaching us how to go up on Capitol Hill and lobby for the potato industry. And, and it was a great experience. We got to meet with our congressmen and senators and it was, it was very eye opening, to say the least. Well, and I think a direct Possibly, anyway, a, a direct result of those Capitol Hill visits led to the release of a statement by several members of Congress, bipartisan members of Congress, that um, are 
pressing the USDA to open Mexico and for um, the agreements to be honored. And I think a lot of that credit comes from your folks' visit there. Without a doubt. That was that was one of the biggest issues that, that was lobbied for there, that and the H-2A uh, Workforce Compensation Act that was that's already passed the, the, the House and is on the floor of the Senate. But it needed some revisions, and that's what we lobbied for was some revisions on the Labor Act. Uh, but but the, or the Mexico issue has, you know, that, that was – that agreement was put in place 20 some years ago and it's just it's just been a mess you know they get to a point where they'd agree on something and then and then the mexican government would come back in and say no we need you to do this we need you to do that we want you to uh you know open trade for the avocados in order for us to give you access with the potatoes and so you know there's some been some limits on there we could only go in i think it was 26 kilometers into the country of Mexico well that's not very far no <laughs> and and does, doesn't give us much access and it's not it's never been truly free trade with when it comes to potatoes and the and the, and the uh, country of Mexico and so you know as far as far as fresh potatoes go and and they've tried to to impose some other requirements on on the the US growers and and that's that has been a challenge for the for the NPC and you know Cam Corals and his team at the NPC has worked diligently and, and lobbied uh, uh, Congress and, and uh, for the potato industry, and they do it on a daily basis, and they do a fantastic job for us. They do, and they do an excellent job. And they and people like yourself getting involved, it's easy to do. They they do this once a year. They do this um, the Washington Summit. So check it out. Well, there's. Always information available at National Potato Council's website about that. So, all right. So, Byron, we talked quite a bit about autonomy and automation, and we've been bouncing around a little bit. But I always uh, like to to wrap things up with asking my guests if they have any words of advice or words of wisdom for for um, growers out there, or, or just in general. You know the, the the biggest thing I I could I, I can't stress enough get involved in your local uh, associations your state uh, uh, grower associations be involved in the grower relations um, there those associations that's it all starts at a local level right so in order for for you to to really get involved in, and have any impact on a national level you need to get involved on the local level there there are a lot of great uh, associations in the northwest the washington potato growers association washington oregon potato growers association the idaho grower shippers association the uh, potato growers of idaho united group i mean we can go down the list colorado every state has an organization and a group of growers that heads up those organizations and 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 it starts there so get involved. You know, my dad instilled that in me as a young man. My, my dad was a grower. Uh, he served on the, the National Potato Promotion Board, which is now Potatoes USA. Uh, he, he, ser- he served as president of Potato Growers of Idaho. And so I've known from the time I was a, a very young man how important the political side of our industry is. And, and I can't stress that enough, especially in today's climate. The world we live in today it, you need to be involved. And, and, and if I took one thing away from, from Washington, D.C., I'm sitting here in my office and on my desk is the 117th Congress directory. I have the directory 
on my desk for every senator and, and uh, congressman in Congress. And, and they, what I learned there was that they want to hear from us. That's their job. They really do. When you hear someone say, hey, call your congressman, they mean it, and they will take your phone calls, and they will listen to what you have to say. And it is their responsibility to, to go back and vote for their constituents. So right. that's what I Okay. Very good advice. Um, I think uh, we'll wrap it there. We both have stuff to do today. So, uh, Byron Duffin, I want to thank you for a- appearing on the, the Potato Podcast today. You can check out Byron's company at doublelglobal.com. Thank you to our sponsors, Miller Chemical, and check us out on the next time. Thanks again, Byron. Thank you. Appreciate the opportunity. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are for informational purposes only, and solely those of the podcast participants, contributors, and guests. We do not constitute an endorsement by or necessarily represent the views of Columbia Media Group or its affiliates. Thank you.